The Data Reaper podcast is a companion which provides extra insight into the weekly report found at ViciousSyndicate.com. Join us for a deeper dive into the numbers to help you improve your Hearthstone game. Hello and welcome back to the Data Reaper podcast, the first episode in the year of the Griffin. It is uh, very early in the morning for me on Friday, April 2nd. I am your host, Ridiculous Hat, and I am joined by uh, the chief... What's a librarian but for Librams? Librarian? Chief? Mm. Chief archivist, Zacho. How you doing, Hat? I'm doing all right. How are you? Good morning. Um, I'm doing great. Uh, we have a new meta. Lots of data. Lots of new stuff. No classic set. There's a lot to talk about, and we're going to talk about that, listeners. We're going to go class by class. As a reminder, as a caveat, this is so early on in the meta that we have trends, we have ideas, we don't have answers. We have questions, but there are some things that we can talk about that will definitely illuminate what's going on. I mean, we have plenty of answers, Hat. They just raise more questions. That's all. Yeah, that's what's going on in the meta this early. So nothing in here is going to be like firm and conclusive, but I feel like, uh, Zach, you have already found some trends that you feel strongly about that won't change without external intervention. Yeah, I mean, probably. I mean, where do we start? We start with Paladin, right? We start by letting our listeners know that there will be a report next week on the 8th, barring any balance changes, which we don't foresee happening this early on, but... You never know. First day of Grandmasters is the ninth, so maybe they don't patch the day before, or maybe they do. Never know. Uh, and the next podcast will be recorded and released next Saturday, so we should be on our normal cadence again. Uh, and if you haven't followed us on Twitter and Discord, if you haven't subscribed to this show, if you haven't given us a review, definitely do that if you can. It really helps other people find the show. All right. I think we should start with Paladin, Zach, because uh, you were top 100 with this yesterday. I mean, I got legend in one day right but i i tried I, I tried different things until i just played paladin and then i went on a win streak didn't lose a game and got legend so um i didn't start with paladin but yeah so here is the here's the news of you know after two and a half days of three days of data i can comfortably say that paladin is mega broken you're gonna hear on twitter all this hype about spell mage and spell mage this and lunacy that and lunacy this and we'll get to spell mage a little bit later but make no mistake anyone who tells you that paladin isn't the strongest class by far is a flat earther hat and not only that not only that i have not seen a class be this strong since day one Demon Hunter in Ashes of Outland. Oh boy. Yeah. I have not seen a deck within a class be this strong since that one deck in, uh, from Demon Hunter in Ashes of Outland on day one that instantly got nerfed. That deck was probably stronger. It was. But not by that much, Hat. We have a deck that's like nearing 60% win rate, and Paladin as a class has something like a 57% win rate. It's utter ridiculous, and I'll tell you what deck that is, but the point is that Paladin is completely broken. Its play rate is nowhere near what it should be, considering it's the strongest class by far. Like, Mage is twice more popular over the last 24 hours because of all the hype, because people are always not going to play Paladin. I don't know, whatever reason, they're not interested. They like the Clown Fiesta Lunacy, 
But Paladin is completely busted. And I'll tell you more, it's probably you can improve that deck even. Like, it's not even that refined, right? We were just two and a half days in. I think you can abuse it even more. But it's just completely ridiculous how strong that deck is. Uh, that class is. Now, Paladin is split into... There are several archetypes. You know, there's the aggressive secret builds. And lots of people are complaining about them. They're not really the problem. They're really, really strong, right? They're like near tier S territory strong. We're probably going to fall off a little bit um, over the next week. I think that aggro Secret Paladin is very good. But it's not really the problem. The problem is Librum Secret Paladin. You know, there are Librams without secrets. That's also very strong. It's stronger than aggro Secret. But the strongest archetype within the Paladin class is the Librum Secret. When you run Librams and you run Secrets, that deck is the one that I'm talking about near 60% win rate. That deck is the one that I looked at, hmm, this deck seems completely broken. Let's play it on ladder. And I didn't lose a game until I had ladder. Um, that deck is utterly absurd. And if you wanted the deck code, you can find it on our Discord. I posted the list. Uh, if you want some free wins. That deck is just nonsense. Yeah. Statistically, what we're looking at here, it's the meta, people didn't adapt, and people haven't played Paladin to the level that the stats indicate it probably should be. Because even if you look at our live app, it's Paladin's at 57%, the next closest class at 50%, every other class under 50%. If you look at HS Replay, it's the same thing going on over there. It's the same thing, because we have similar data sets. There's no reason for that to be different. Uh, it's just Paladin is just completely absurd. And there is really, like, aggro Secret Paladin, there is a way to counter it. Like, it's it's beatable. You can, like, the meta can definitely adjust to beat that deck. Uh, the meta can definitely adjust to beat uh, Lib Librum Paladin. But when it comes to Librum Secret Paladin, I see no answers, Hat. I see a deck with a perfect matchup spread with 50-plus worst matchup being the mirror kind of thing. Maybe the only deck, and I experimented with it as well yesterday before switching to Paladin, is uh, maybe Secret Rogue. You can run Secret Rogue, and stunners are good against Paladin, so maybe you have a little bit of an edge against this deck. Um, you know, nobody's running Secret Rogue, but it's, a, it's an archetype that I noticed may have some edge against it. But there is no other answer. Uh, um, Mage doesn't beat that deck. Uh, Rogue doesn't beat that deck. Like the Watch Post Rogue and all that. Nothing else beats that deck. And that deck stomps on so many other things. It just... There is no way to correct for it. Even if there is... Like, like think about it. This is a deck with a near 60% win rate. Right now. If the meta heavily like adjusts and is completely fixated on beating it, which is not. It's, be it's focused on beating Mage right now, which is twice more popular. But... If the meta heavily shifts to try and counter Paladin, then maybe the deck will have maybe 55% win rate. You know what I mean? It's not like there's so, like the buffer zone here is so huge. The current win rate is so high. I just can't envision it being ever balanced in its current iteration. I can't see it being like 51% win or 52% win in its current iteration. It just completely 
bloated in its power. If you have either of those cards early game, you have a big swing. But yeah, Sword of the Fallen in particular creates such a big variance if you have it on two versus if you don't. It makes all your cards work. Yeah, it's it's completely bonkers, and the card is uh, it just needs to be nerfed. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, the card needs to be nerfed. It's too strong. It reminds me of Ankar when it had three charges and it was just too much. And you'd suggested on on Twitter of moving it to two durability, which I think makes a lot of sense. A two durability, I think it will still be very powerful, but like Ankar, where after the nerf it was still very powerful, but not completely absurd. Like it just the like drawing three is just so crippling. It cheats out three cards from your deck. It makes all your future draws better, right? Because of it. And it puts so much pressure on the opponent. Oh my Yog off of a Sword of the Fallen is so oppressive. Not just the first one, but the second one. The second one is what gets you. Just the existence of it, because they have to play around it, which makes all their... Like, even if you pull, um, like, an Avenge off of it, right? Let's say you pull Avenge. They still need to worry about it being, oh, my yuck. So they make these suboptimal plays where they throw away spells just to trigger, oh, my yuck. And when, when, when it's not, oh, my yuck, then their whole play, right, they plan for the worst, but ended up just being a suboptimal play that they wouldn't have otherwise made if they weren't concerned with Omayog. It's very oppressive to play against that. It's also very limiting when you play also get a free Galloping Saver, which also limits, like, they don't want to play more than two cards per turn, so that also limits their turn. So all these secrets, you cheat them out for free. They're highly disruptive to the opponent's game plan, which makes them play suboptimally. Which just makes you snowball even harder. So, um, like, just reduce the durability. I, again, if if it's a one-two weapon, it's still going to be one of the best cards in the format. But and but I think it's important to keep it at two mana. Otherwise, you just ruin the whole Northwatch Commander synergy, and you disrupt the whole packaging. It's in danger of just completely falling off. So. Just nerf it to one durability, still make it makes it a strong card, but it's just uh right now it's just completely ridiculous. So and, and again, there's no there's there's not gonna be any meta correction here. It's just that Paladin is just mega busted. It's almost like when I'm when I'm saying that this is the strongest I've seen a deck in a class B since day one DH, that should tell you all you need to know. And you're talking from a statistical standpoint. It's not like a, a play experience. It's just this is what the numbers are saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, actually, I think that play pattern-wise, like, other than, you know, Sword of the Fallen cheating out three secrets with the Oh My Yog and Galloping uh, Saber, which can be very limiting to the opponent, I think that that can play, like, I can see it being toned down power level and being very healthy and fair, right? Or yeah. feeling fair to play against once it's not as busted. Uh, the play pattern is pretty good for that deck. For all the Paladin decks, I think they're fine. Uh, play pattern ones, but they're just busted on a power level. Uh, like, just they're just insane. All of their cards are a little bit too efficient at what they do. Like everything is just a hair too good at, or in some cases, sort of the Fallen's case, it's like more than a hair too good. Yeah, it's just far too good. And we kind of we kind of saw it coming. It just it's so dramatic. Like, yeah. it feels like when you're playing against Libram Paladin, 
it feels like they don't draw cards, yet all their draws are good. And there's a reason why you feel that way. It's because if they play sword on two, they put so much pressure on you. That puts them in a lead. Also means that they thin their deck, and that does have an effect. So, like, on their next uh, draws, because, you know, they just get... They're more likely to find, like, the Agro Paladin is more likely to find Kazakas when... They have a sword on two, right? It's just statistically, even if it's by a little bit, if, even if you don't notice it on a one game per basis, it does happen. So yeah, card needs to be nerfed. I just, I just noticed from your list, there are no broomsticks and no bear off because we don't need them. Yeah, because you're always ahead. So why would you need uh, broomstick and bear off? You're always ahead. Also, uh, Sal had pride is a card that specifically drew Broom alongside Penflinger. And Penflinger is more important for that deck. And also notice another thing, which also brings me to another nerf that I suggested, which is uh, that, you know, I like Penflinger as a card, but I think it's time for him not to do face damage. And uh, I think the best way to showcase it, why Penflinger is a problem, is the fact that Liberum Paladin would rather play Penflinger than Liberum of Judgment. Literally a card that synergizes with the whole deck. You have one card that deals 15, and still, Penflinger is a better finisher than Liberum of Judgment. Because, yeah. So I think that's not okay. And I think if you nerf Penflinger to only deal one damage to Minion, then Paladin maybe has to run Liberum of Judgment. Maybe it runs Consecration in order to combo with with, uh, Liberum of Justice. Cards, actual Paladin cards that should synergize better with the deck rather than that hey loser guy so i think if you nerf penflinger uh it will you know and you can like there's a better way to interact with a with a weapon than a penflinger it's a, I, i'm amazed that i have to say this but you know weapon you can taunt up against it you can like you can gain life more effectively penflinger is like it's almost like infinite damage you missed one thing you can do to a weapons act you didn't say it you can ooze them but i didn't want to say ooze you can ooze them i i yeah but i didn't want to say it because i didn't want to have to revert to teching right you don't need to tech that much against a paladin even if they run weapons and ooze isn't good but i wanted to meme yeah the the point is that like it, it shows you how wrong things are when the deck would rather run Penflinger than Liberum of Judgment. So that pretty much tells you all you need to know. Yeah, and Broomstick doesn't make the cut because Salhud's Pride, and Broomstick is not that good. Like, right now, without Salhud's Pride, card isn't that good. Like, if you draw, if you top deck a Broomstick, it's it can be pretty crippling. You want high-impact draws. Also, uh, you're always ahead. <laughs> so who cares about Broomstick? All your minions have charge because they're constantly on the board. And your opponent has to fend off whatever you're doing. So who, you don't need to worry about comebacks. How does this deck do against three men at watch post? Like, it beats everything, huh? Like, it, be, it beats everything. It beats everything. Like, okay. this deck beats everything. I'm telling you, you can quote me on that. But I don't have to quote. We're recording right now. People are going to hear this. You just yeah. quoted yourself. Like... If you want a deck that literally beats everything, or at worst goes 50-50, and one of the more difficult matchups is the Mirror, then play Librem Secret and go to the Discord and find the list. I posted it. Um, 
It just it's just utterly absurd. Like people like the most popular list I'm noticing. They're running two Avenge and Oh My Yog. No, you need to flip that around. You need to run two Oh My Yog and Yeah. Oh but, My Yog um, very strong. Oh My is very strong, especially off of Sword. So that's pretty much Paladin. I know people are you know I'm hearing on Twitter and Reddit complaints about the three the Gossiper card in Agro Paladin, and it kind of it's kind of funny because I'm not even seeing Agro Paladin. Everybody's running Librams because it's a stronger deck. And it's the tier S plus deck in the meta. Not Agro Secret. Maybe Agro Secret, they improve it. I saw like a new list. Um, Webeck, I think? Rallies? Uh, Webeck is running rallies. There are a bunch of players that are trying lists that top out at three, except for one four mana spell. It's either Kazakis. There was a list uh, yesterday that was topping out at Blessing of Kings. And Webeka is trying with, uh, with Rally instead. Yeah, what I do know is that Kazakis is hella strong. So, you know, Rally has some competition. Like, it's not it's not straightforward just cutting Kazakis. That card is mega busted. Yeah, but I mean, we're a few days into the expansion. It's it's reasonable for there to be some debate and some testing into which cards you use to, to round out your deck. Yeah, of course, but, of course. But there is not really a lot of debate to the power of Sword of the Fallen Wooden Enables, especially in this shell. Uh, it... The stats are there, and it's pretty hard to say that this is due to any... The argument that I've heard on day one, like, why does Secret Paladin look so good in the stats? It must be because it's beating up on Jank. No, that's not it. It's not it at all. It's because the deck is that good. I mean, it's beating Jank, but it just beats everything. So Jank is also alongside the everything, when I say everything. Um, But yeah, um, Paladin is really really good and it hasn't even reached its final form so yeah i expect it's win rate to drop right naturally everyone's win rate is going to drop once the bad decks don't go away but i don't see a way where like the meta is like we're gonna have a report next week we're gonna (laughs) like you're gonna see the stats for librum paladin and once that happens yeah because right now it's not even it's not even registering. People are not really registering the fact that Paladin is this busted. Yeah. But it's this busted. I'm gonna try some after we record this before we release the show, just so I can get in a couple days of it. Um, do you think that the, just the nerf to sword will be enough, or and or does it need flinger as well, or some other adjustment? I mean, I suggested to nerf flinger as well. It will, yeah. I think, make if, the if late those, game if a those bit two healthier. Nerfs are done, would that be enough? I think so. I think, I mean, it's still going to be really good, right? But that's okay. Yeah, I think it's still going to be good, but it's going to be like Highlander Hunter good, where, you know, you remember when Alex said that Highland Hunter was really good, and we saw in the data that was really good, but it wasn't that popular, so maybe it wouldn't be a problem, right? If it's if it's high win rate, then the play rate is like 8% or 6% then is it really a problem? And I'm saying, okay, so I think it might get to that position where they nerf Paladin, give it a nudge, and people are already not that, you know, enthusiastic about playing Paladin, and the the deck will still be high win rate, low play rate. And we're going to say in a report, every report, Paladin's really good, and nobody's going to listen. But right now, we're in a situation where after next week's report, it's probably going to explode to a high play rate. Um, which merits a nerf, and the the power level is just far too high. 
in this yeah. case. It's not like Highlander Hunter, in, which was tier one, very good, but not too popular. Here we have a situation where it's not just tier one. It's just tier bonkers. Yeah, the deck's too good. Com- like, the, the cards are too efficient. Something needs to be a little worse. Uh, Team 5 got lucky that it's a, it's a class and archetype that both people aren't flocking to as quickly and, uh, and that it's not quite as flashy. It's just efficient stuff every single turn. So it's not seeing the same kind of meta saturation. Um, and I'm glad that people are trying different stuff. Uh, but Yeah, but there is something else that people are saturating ladder with, and that's not a thing that Team 5 wants. If we remember the interview we just had in the last podcast about what they don't want to see happen. Which is when you make the best thing to do in your format to do something that is highly variant early in the game both in terms of mulligan win rate and in terms of what the card does. So we're here to talk about Deck of Lunacy, which, uh, Zach, you have referred to this card in the past as a Keliseth without a home that just did not have a deck that lined up well with the meta. Times have changed. And boy, that Deck of Lunacy card, that Deck of Lunacy card's pretty good. I mean, I said it like five months ago. I even wrote it in the report that Deck of Lunacy is going to be a problem going forward. Like, it's a, I saw it... Like a val- it looked like a super busted card in a bad deck. Another recent example was Gibberling. Super strong card that was in a bad deck until that bad deck got Arbor up. And then everyone suddenly realized how good Gibberling is as a card, as an individual card. Here we had Deck of Lunacy, which was a toxic card from day one. It was just a card, a really strong card in a really bad deck. But it was always good. All this, I'm hearing these narratives that Deck of Lunacy got better because of rotation. There are less bad spells, and Deck of Lunacy got this, and Deck of Lunacy is different now. No. Deck of Lunacy was always really, really powerful. It was just in a bad deck, so you didn't notice it because it was a tier trash deck, Spellmage. Now, Spellmage has this weird meta where, and we'll, we'll explain why this weird meta is happening where no one is playing any early game minions and punching it in the face. So it just has all the time in the world. It can devolve the watch posts. And it also got a zero mana draw too. Sometimes minus one mana, sometimes negative mana. Uh, Springwater costs negative mana sometimes. Uh, that happened to me more than once. So, uh, and then you have Deco Lunacy, which is, I quote Alec Dawson, when he said, we don't like people losing to things that they just don't understand, that this just happened, right? When you lose, the like, everything, like, there's a game going on, and then something happened, and one turn, and you lost. And you don't understand how it happened. Deco Lunacy is literally the epitome of that card. Now, let me say something else about Deco Lunacy. Deco Lunacy is more toxic than Puzzle Box of Yogg. It's more toxic than Kel'Thas um, Week 1. If you remember, oh, I do because it's a, it's literally a turn two play that can blow out the opponent as early as turn four and five with no control whatsoever, with total randomness. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it, and it's completely and utterly stupid. It's like an imprisoned scrap imp on steroids. It's it's honestly one of the most toxic cards ever in the history of Hearthstone, and it has to go. Spellmage itself. Like I actually played Spellmage, some Spellmage, um, a couple of days ago. In the first, in the first day, even yesterday, a little bit, I even took out Duke of Lunacy, just because I didn't want to play that card. 
I realize the card is super busted and the deck is not as good when you don't have these free wins. But I just wanted to see how that deck felt. And honestly, that deck feels really good to play. It's really fun. It's really cool. You have all these uh, really cool turns that you can build up towards with uh, Encanter's Flow. But the other ways where the deck blows the opponent out are things that you build up over time. You need to draw your Encanter's Flows and, you know, not every game you're going to Encanter's Flow, coin Encanter's into Encanter's, right? Not every game is going to be like that. Usually, you get an Encanter's Flow, you start having more positive mana usage. Um, it has really cool removal options, really cool card draw options. It has a really nice game plan of burning the opponent. By the way, just drop C'Thun. Here's a PSA for everyone. Drop C'Thun, run Mask of C'Thun. Mask of C'Thun is a C'Thun without any requirement to put bad cards in your deck, right? I prefer to think of it as a Pyroblast, but yes. Yeah, it's, it's a Pyroblast. It's a good Pyroblast for 7 mana. It also turns into Negrand Slam when you play uh, Deca Lunacy, so that's also good. Anyway. Sometimes it can be Survival of the Fittest, I think, right? It can be one of those yeah, two. Yeah, it can be. It, it can either be one of those two. And, some, and Survival of the Fittest can be good as a board buff, because you have a lot of spells that create boards very easily. So Survival can be good as well. Um, so the point is, the deck is powerful right now in the meta because, again, it has a really efficient answer to Watchtowers in Devolving Missiles. Uh, not a lot of people are playing minions because of watch posts, and there are not a lot of aggro decks, though it's starting to come up again. Like, people are trying to counter Mage because it's getting super prevalent, like, overplayed like crazy. So people are just, like, at High Legend, running just really smarky face decks to, to beat it because it really folds to aggression. But because the meta is kind of this slow-paced, or has been slow-paced, then Spellmage has room to operate in. And Decalunacy is just this I-win button that very often uh, leads to just complete cheese wins. So the deck is uh, is strong, but I expect it to drop off. Um, even if they, like... Even... It, like, like meta developments, natural meta developments would make this deck likely toned down in its power because people are going to counter it. It's way too popular. And also, if they nerf Lunacy, that also loses quite a bit of percentages. But Lunacy has to go because it's it, it, there's no business for this card to be competitive in any way. And I even suggested to nerf it to 4 mana. Not even 3 mana, because at 3 mana, there's a danger that it's still going to be too good. So just make it Deck of Chaos tier card. Because it's a Timmy card that's right now, it's a spy card. And that shouldn't be a spy card. Yeah, the, the nerf that I was thinking of is, it's two changes, so they probably won't do it. But I was thinking of nerf it to three and make it increase spells by two, to roll two higher instead of three higher. Mm, I'd rather just... Just I know that you would rather just, oblivion. like, just get it out of the game. Just, a, just delete it from the game. This card should, has no business. Like, it's a card that was meant... I feel like it's a card that they printed for it to be, like, in these fun meme decks, right? You play it in the, the, like, the Timmy plays it in, like, a fun meme. And, yeah, it's super powerful when you play it, but it only belongs to a meme deck, so it doesn't matter. Up, up until now, right? Spellmage was a tier 4 deck. Nobody cares that Deco Lunacy was busted. People didn't even know, thought that Deco Lunacy was bad before. It was always busted. It just belonged in a bad deck, so 
people didn't notice it being a problem. Now people are noticing that it's a problem because it's an actually in a, in a deck that's actually functioning well and doing well right now. So yeah, just just remove it. And Spellmage honestly is a fun deck, uh, and I think you can like you'll still be able to do well enough with it. It's still gonna be playable without Deco Lunacy. And the game plan is just going to be a far more consistent and it's just going to feel a lot better, I think. Both from the player perspective and the opponents. Um, it just it just turns games into tavern brawls. It's, it's stupid. And you can nerf that card and the deck is still good. Yeah, that's what I'm Deck's saying. Fine. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, I don't know. It's the, the meta and the next class we're going to talk about too. The... So far, there's a lot of promise in this meta, but there are a lot of really swingy early game cards, two drops specifically, uh, that kind of make it difficult to for the games to be healthy when certain play patterns happen. Um, so we're, we saw that in Paladin, we saw that in Mage, and we're seeing that in Rogue too, where there are a couple really powerful early drops uh, that can take over a game. And Rogue, I think, is the first class where we're going to talk about the watch post specifically being really good in them. Because Rogue is one of the few classes that you can drop the watch post and then immediately have game-ending pressure like two turns later. Uh, Yeah, I mean... So you, you're saying the two-mana watch post, but I think the three-mana watch post is just as big of a problem. The problem is just invisible. Like, the three-mana watch post pushed out all the aggro decks out. Um, and the two mana watch post is good against everything. So the three mana watch post against like mage, you don't feel like it's good because it's useless, right? But the reason why the three mana watch post doesn't feel as powerful or isn't as powerful in the meta right now because it basically chased away all the aggro. And even when there is aggro, you it's aggro with very few minions. You see like Jibberling Druid doing well because it doesn't have minions. So it doesn't run into the problem of the um, three mana watch post, but the two mana watch post is just strong against everything. Far watch post is strong against everything. Uh, Morishan watch post chased away all the decks where it's good against. So both of these towers are a problem, uh, and both of them probably need to be nerfed. And the deck that abuses the, those um, those towers best is Rogue, and the reason is because Cargill becomes really powerful in the late game with Shadow Steps. And it just works well in Rogue because it just stalls their game. It buys them time. Uh, Rogue generally tends to... can struggle against, like, face aggression. But when you have Watch Post, then it just slows the whole game down. So that works really well in Rogue. And obviously there's the thing about Rogue drawing all of its cards. But Rogue would be very fair, even with all of its other cards untouched if watch posts weren't just super busted and we're starting to see i'm starting to see other decks in other classes suddenly oh i figured out how to play oh demon hunter is actually fine if you run watch posts oh this class is actually fine if you want watch posts so the conclusion here that's very easy to reach is that watch posts are just <laughs> way too powerful and they're too powerful because they're too healthy that their health is too high Far Watch Post has 4 health on 2 mana, which means it almost always this uh, um, nerfs the opponent's next 2 cards drawn by 1 mana, at least. 
and it also is unignorable. So it usually soaks up too early game minions or too early game resources. So just far too powerful uh, in terms of what it does. And I suggest just changing the stat lines of all the watch posts to 3-3, three, 4-4, three, four, four, and 5-5 five, five respectively. Um, to keep the flavor and make them uh, more easy to remove. That you can you can kill a far watch post on turn two more reasonably. There are classes that are capable of removing it. Yeah, um, and there are ways yeah, to watch- there are ways to play around them as well. The posts, especially two post people, do overreact and over like they they sink so many resources into them so quickly to remove them when you can just leave the two mana one on board. Because there are a lot of decks, if you look at a, you know, there were some people trying two post, three post rally, right? And just bringing the post back over and over again. If you don't do anything, it doesn't matter. But Rogue doesn't do that. Rogue goes post, post, and then either Kazakus, Jandis, or Kargal. And especially Kazakus and especially Jandis, it'll just end the game right there. And all of your answers cost too much. You can't really do anything about it. Or you have the three post, where if you try and challenge with minions, they have more minions. The ability to follow up those posts with immediate pressure is what makes them really powerful. If you're facing a control deck or a mid-range deck that's trying to play posts and they don't have a board presence outside of them, they're not going to be able to pressure you have time to take. But that's not the situation with Rogue right now. They do not give you the time. Yeah, but um, I would say posts are proving to be very powerful in other classes too. They are. And people are going to figure it out. It's just that um, it's just that watch posts are... like They really slow the game down. And I do agree with your assessment that Rogue maybe abuses it best because it can immediately follow it up with pressure. But I think that they're just too universally strong. Uh, and they they have to be, they probably have to be adjusted. Because it's just like having this, like I, I cracked a joke in the Discord where it's like, there's this neutral package. You run Farwatch Post, Morshan Watch Post, Kazakus, and Cargal in every deck and it suddenly it looks better. Oh, this deck is viable now. And it kind of tells you all you need to know. I think that watch posts are cool. I think they're really cool design. Yeah. They have great flavor. They're, they're academically interesting. interesting too. It's just the play experience is somewhat negative and also they have a high power level. I'm okay with people figuring out the play experience and navigating that. But right now they're also, like you said with Paladin, they're also just a little too good. So you nudge a number off of them somewhere. It's either the, you could, I think you could nudge the attack off of Morshan off of three post. And then you can actually play minions into it a little bit and, and trade with it. But against the Far Watch post on two, it needs to be a 2-3, I think. The health is a problem. Yeah. No, I, I think Far Watch can be a 3-3. Three, three, and the Morshan can be a 4-4. Four, four. Okay. I think the bre- the health breakpoints of them being um, like 4 on 2 and 5 on 3 is too much. The, the Morshan is basically a 3-5 with taunt. That summons a 2-2 every time you play a mini. It's just, like, think about all the decks that you don't see. Zoo is gone. Hunter is... Uh, it's starting to pick up, but, yeah. No, but the, but you look at the list, and they're very specific, and you start to understand why they're warped that way. It's just that aggro, minion-based aggro is dead. The only deck that's remotely aggro and kind of runs minions is Paladin. And that's because Paladin is busted on a different level. Right where it can get like it can get away with running into watch posts uh, from time to time, uh, though it still doesn't have a great time. But it just like 
again, like the cards are super flavorful and cool design. They're just far too sticky and they're too universally powerful. Especially Farwatch Boss, which is good against aggro and control. But again, I'm saying this again. The Morshan Watch Post is just a bit as big of a problem, almost as as big as Far Watch Post, because it killed off the decks that you don't see. And for these decks to ever be viable again, you need to nerf it to four health, like make it a four four or whatever, uh, just so that you can see some diversity. Because right now the aggro decks that are popping up to punish Spell Mage are not minion-based. They're very uninteractive, off-board, everything coming from the off the board, all the damage, no minions. Like, aggro decks with, like, five minions. That tells you all you need to know. I don't think that's great uh, from a gameplay perspective. I'd imagine that they're taking a look right now. We don't want to be sensational here. We're just looking at the numbers and giving you the analysis you need to know based on what's happening. And also, the past two sets, and really the past year, they nerf within the first two weeks unless they have a reason not to. Darkmoon Fair, they waited longer because of the holiday season, American Thanksgiving, and all that. Uh, but they nerfed within three and a half weeks or so from release. You should expect a nerf, listener, before the Masters Tour in the 30th, which is four weeks from this recording. You should expect a nerf before that. Dude, it, 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 do it earlier than that. We needed to do it earlier I than that. I expect it will be earlier. I mean, if you want Hearthstone to be a game that's partly about minion combat, then watch post need to go. Uh, and honestly, Spell Mage wouldn't be as good as it is if it didn't have Devolving Missiles. It has one of the best answers to towers uh, that's available. And that's also something that you need to consider about why that deck... Like, this meta is very warped. Extremely warped about... Uh, uh, around a few powerful things. The unfortunate part is that these powerful things come in the early game. You look at Paladin, it has its Kaliseth with Sword yeah. of the Fallen. You have Mage with Deca Lunacy, and you have Rogue with Far Watch Post and Morshan Watch Post. And honestly, it feels like I'm playing, like on ladder, 80% of my opponents play an Imprisoned Scrap Imp. Like these are just Imprisoned Scrap Imp decks. The, the power in a few two drops that are particularly swingy is definitely defining the format right now. And I think that's probably not what the what Team 5 had in mind, and I imagine they are keenly aware of it and are working on it. And this is also where we expect them to place their efforts. Uh, you know, the first Master Tour qualifier was won by a lineup of Libram Secret Paladin, Post Rogue, Spell Mage. It's, it's Kaliseth dot deck. Kaliseth lineups. Yeah, it's just everybody's just in prison scrap imp. And I think that's, uh, that's going to get old fast that's gonna get old very fast but yeah um that's the situation um th these classes they're the strongest classes right now i can see it slightly changing but what i can see changing is paladin being at the top i think that spell mage is definitely going to get punished by its yeah. uh, current popularity there are already it's evolutions happening yeah it's way overplayed yeah, uh, but uh, and honestly, Watcher Rogue people may not understand, like uh, realize it. It's better than Spell Mage even right now. There was hype about Watch Post Rogue um, on day one, and then it kind of died down to Spell Mage. But what from what I'm seeing, uh, Rogue is still superior and also harder to counter than Spell. Sp Spell Mage just still dies if you just hit it in the face really hard. The problem is it's really hard 
to hit them in the face hard when you run into paladins because paladins just completely demolish uh, aggro decks. Uh, and also rogue is also very good because of watch posts. And mage decks that draw a bunch of cards tend to be overrepresented in Legend, and this is no exception. Uh, you know, we ran into this with Cyclone Mage and, and Liberum Paladin last expansion. Yeah. True, true. Though I will say that Spell Mage is extremely popular everywhere on Ladder. It's a casual's favorite. It's always been a yeah. casual favorite. Even when it was like a tier 4 deck, it was uh, pretty popular at Bronze through Gold throughout last expansion. Like, lots of people really love that deck, even at lower levels. So, it, it, it's honestly not significantly more popular at Legend than, for example, at Diamond 10. It's the same play rate. Yeah. Uh, it's Like, it's nearing 30% of the field. Now, even if it's not the most powerful deck, you don't want the most popular deck in the game have Deck of Lunacy as a card. Uh, so... There is absolutely, like, make no mistake about it, listeners, there is 0% chance that Deck of Lunacy is not getting nerfed. 0% chance. 100% chance Deck of Lunacy, if we know anything about Team 5's philosophy, and we should know if you listen to our interviews with Alec, there's no way this card is unchanged. Like, the, the first nerf, the first patch is nerfing Deck of Lunacy. 100%. Definitive proof. Right here. It doesn't get more definitive than this. On Wednesday, I played against Alec on the ladder. And when he played Deck of Lunacy against me, he gave me a well played. Guaranteed. Guaranteed they're nerfing it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. There's zero chance that next patch notes don't have a mana cost increase. I'm hoping for four. They might push it to three. Honestly, I was thinking hard about pushing it to three, but I'm scared that it's still going to be good at three because you can play it on three and then spring water. Yeah. So, uh, like, yeah. So just make it four. Make it like Deck of Chaos. By the way, not only did he win, he BM'd me. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. He lethal BM on board and killed way. me with an Apexus Blast. Alec, how dare you? GG, buddy. Um... Yeah, so I, I, everything that Alec told us indicates that this is on. This is exactly what they don't want to be a thing. And if we know they're going to nerf before Master Tour Iron Forge, and we know they're going to nerf within the first couple weeks of the expansion, I would expect a, a nerf on either Tuesday the thirteenth or Thursday the fifteenth. That'd be my guess. Um, that this will be on the list, and it's also all that Hearthstone social media is talking about right now. It, it's impossible to miss. There's no way they miss this one. Yeah, yeah. So, Pat, how about other classes? Well, okay, we didn't even finish talking about Rogue, though, because Rogue, like, beyond post-Rogue, Weapon Rogue seems okay. Like, you can punch no, people in the face. It's not, it's bad. It's not, it's not, it's not. I'm seeing, like, a list, like, Jesse Alexander got number two legend. So, here's the thing uh, that uh, listeners uh, need to be aware of. Like, over the last uh, day or two, like... Top Legend probably had, like, something... Jesse told me he had, like, 50% mages. There's a lot of hype about mage. And as I said, it's a good deck, but it's not the best deck. Just people are just clowning around. There's a lot of... Honestly, the deck is can be fun in a perverse way. And it's really fun if you don't run deck of lunacy, as I said before. The play patterns are good if you're not playing lunacy. But the point is... This is a very warped meta at high levels where everybody's playing mage. So you see these uh, hyper aggro decks without any minions or with very few minions. 
he's running he ran even cold neophyte just to counter mages and it paid off for him because all he ran like he ran into a billion mages but that deck doesn't translate well throughout the rest of ladder also miracle rogue the deck that i was playing on day one and had fun with um is honestly going to be a good deck when watch posts get nerfed because that deck's problem is that when you run into watch posts in the watcher versus normal miracle mirror that that's a problem so rogue again secret rogue might be a little bit of a sleeper because it beats Paladin, but then Paladin is not popular enough to justify it yet. But watch out for Secret Rogue potentially being a counter. When I say counter, maybe 45%. I can hear you holding up the air quotes. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm literally holding them up. But, but yeah, something like that. So mostly uh, watch post Rogue. I'm a little sus of the popular list running Guardian Og Merchant. Probably there's a better card than that. Maybe you just run backstab. Uh, that's probably right. Just run backstab. And uh, that's it. Yeah. Um, so, other classes. Warlock. Nobody's Flame Imp because you can't Flame Imp right now because the format is warped. And Flame Imp is the biggest casualty of Morshan Watchpost. Zoo is absolutely dead. And when you ask yourself, why is minion-based aggro gone from the format... The answer is Morshan Watchpost, and this is why Morshan Watchpost needs to be nerfed alongside Far Watchpost, because as I said, nobody's running car decks that are particularly bad against Morshan Watchpost, because it's impossible to run these decks into ladder. So for them, if we want minion combat in the early game to return to Hearthstone, we're going to have to nerf uh, Morshan Watchpost alongside Far Watchpost. Zuzcon, yeah. Control Warlock. Control Warlock was a day one sensation hat. A day it one was. sensation. I Lots saw of a lot of it. People were running Jirax again. The people were ticketing, ticketing each other, ticketing, burning each other's Tickling cars. each other. Yeah, they were tickling. <laughs> yes, perfect. <laughs> that seems to have cooled off a good bit. I'm going to say more than cooled off. I would say that deck looked really good on day one, and on day two it looked like a tier four deck. <laughs> but maybe the answer is just to run watch posts. I don't know, Ad. But uh, the point is, uh, Control Warlock looked really good early on at uh, Punishing Jank, but when you match it up against the best decks right now, it falls off. You know, it you it, it, it beats Rogue on, like, the first five hours of the expansion. It beat Rogue until Rogue kind of adjusted a few cards, and now it loses to Rogue, it loses to Paladin, it loses to Mage. Guess what? Hat loses to everything that's good. So Warlock uh, is not looking very good. Control Warlock is a deck that uh, looks flawed. But again, maybe we just don't ticket as people. Maybe we just run watch posts and stall the game to Jaraxxus. Maybe that's the answer. I don't know. But uh, I would expect watch posts to be good, probably, in Control Warlock. But we'll see. I, I honestly do not know. The list that we had in the Theorycrafting article performed really well. But as I said, early on, and now it's starting to tank because it just doesn't match up against the best decks. Yeah, it's it's also worth noting, with the removal of Classic and the rotation of Year of the Dragon, we have to reevaluate what a bad deck feels like because bad decks will have good cards in them. And there are no stinkers that you really have to run anymore that you're priced into running. Horror gave every class options. So Control Warlock, when you play it, the games feel good, and you've got stuff to do each turn, and you can tap on two and be like, I'll be fine. 
and you can play Jaraxxus and win some games, but then you lose. Or maybe you fight out those long slogs, and then you're like, I almost got there. And there are a lot of games where you almost get there. We have to reevaluate what a bad deck feels like, because a bad deck isn't just a deck that has to play bad cards anymore. You can usually get away with playing decent stuff. You just don't win as much. And it's it's a big difference from playing decks where you run one game and you delete it after you're like, that had to play so many cards that just weren't cards. It just gets flinger to death. Again, when you look at yeah. Watch Post Rogue, um, the fact that like Penflinger can deal like 15 damage over the course of a game with just flingers, and you don't need to run a lot of value because of it. Just Kazakas, Jandis, and Cargal, that's it. And you don't need to run like, I don't know, Ticketmasters, things like that. That are honestly good in the, like Ticketmaster is honestly a pretty good card when you have uh, such drawing power. Uh, in Rogue right now with field contact. But you don't need it because you just run Flingers and, you know, Kazakus and Janus, whatever gets Shadow Step, and that's it. You're done. Uh, Mancrick. Like, so, like, I think that Flinger is just this too good of a solution for decks' uh, late game prowess and finishing potential. And Warlock just gets burned to death by Flingers, gets burned to death by uh, Fireballs from the Mage, Apexis Blasts, and, uh, yeah, gets pressured out by the Paladin. So, it, the deck's not good. It's going to fall off. Uh, but maybe if Minion Combat returns to Hearthstone, then its removal kit will actually be relevant. Um, but yeah, not not right now. So that's Warlock. We're so close, Zach. We almost had a Minion Combat meta. We had a flash for a second there. And then... We never had it. The moment a Far Watch post was constructed on turn two was the moment that... You remember when he said mid-range meta coming back? Yeah, very mid-rangey we are right now. Nobody's playing minions. You're either running <laughs> off-board aggro with six minions on the board. Okay, or it's, it is mid-range by a more literal definition. We're in the middle of a big range, and there are watch posts on both sides of it. You know what I say, Hat? Everything's mid-range if you look at look at it from the right angle. Everything can be turned into mid-range. Control Warlock, it's actually a mid-range deck. It's true. Mid-range Warlock. You can you, you can rationalize it into being a mid-range deck as well. But yeah. point is, yeah, uh, yeah, Warlock is not enjoying this meta at all. Both its aggro deck and its control decks are struggling or are going to struggle over the next week. Yeah. And Control Warlock, yeah, it's definitely cooled off a good bit um, since well, with the meta's development. Now, Druid does seem to be popular with a couple different archetypes here. And we've got, like, Ramp Druid, we've got the alignment direction and then just general clown. What have you been seeing that uh, that makes sense for the deck so far? Yeah, so Druid has a few things. First of all, it's got Gibberling Druid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Token Druid is just like, it's barely different. It's It's really strong because it's an aggressive deck that doesn't need to run minions, so it doesn't care about Morishan watch post, which matters a lot, and that's the main reason why that deck is successful. Um, so that deck is pretty good. Also, does okay against the um, non-Liberum Paladins. Uh, can challenge the Liberum Paladins as well. Uh, it's not like you still lose, but you have a better chance. It, you still lose, but it's decks. closer. It's closer. Yeah, that's basically the 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 parameter when it comes to other viable decks, how how much they lose to Paladin. If it's just by a little bit, then it's the, maybe they're okay. But yeah, Gibberling Druid is really good right now. Um, 
but also Clown Druid is quite good. The list that we theorycrafted is very clean. That's probably the best uh, ramping Druid deck you can run. When it comes to alignment uh, Druid, it's not, not good. Like, alignment Druid is not good. Now, maybe if Paladin gets nerfed and that deck becomes better, I can see that, but I still am not, not feeling alignment too much. Like, I don't feel like... Uh, the thing is, it's actually wrong what I'm saying, right? Because if, if they nerf Watch Post and Minion Combat early game returns to Hearthstone with things like Zoo, then that deck is only going to get worse. So I, I don't envision that deck being good this expansion, taking into consideration everything that we know about ramping Druids. So if you want to do well with Druid, probably alignment is not the way. That deck has a very... Wins in very dramatic fashion. When you lose to alignment druid, you feel like you got completely rolled over, right? The 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 thing is though, it only happens about forty five percent of the time, maybe even less than that. So that makes it a pretty bad deck. You can win in spectacular ways, but if you lose far more often than you win, then that doesn't make a good deck. So alignment druid doesn't look good. Clown druid just a list that we had in the theorycrafting article. Looks very fleshed out and actually functional because it doesn't rely on that high roll. You know, when you alignment and then you malgus and you draw all your, your nourish and you blow out your opponent. Now, that is cool, but not winning very much. So Druid is okay. It's actually one of the classes that seems to be surviving in this meta. But that's, again, mostly because it has a really good aggro deck that doesn't need to play minions into Morjan. Now... One of the more interesting classes from what I've seen so far, Demon Hunter has had a bunch of developments lately, uh, and, and people are working on it. Illidar Inquisitor is starting to pop up in a lot of lists. Uh, yeah, so Demon Hunter is one of those classes that looked really trash, like everything's trash. Lifesteal Demon Hunter sees a far watch post and it cries. It just cries. It's going to have its whole hand increased by one mana. So uh, that deck is not doing well at all. And then uh, Aggro Demon Hunter, again, it's minions, plays early game, Orshan, Watchbows, GG. No chance of ever being good. Soul Demon Hunter is a little bit, has more of a, like it can beat like the Spell Mage because it has a lot of off-board damage. The problem is Paladin always has gotten wrecked by Paladin. And this expansion is no different, gets completely demolished by Paladin. So all of these old archetypes are not really working well. Uh, Death Rattle Demon Hunter looked other trash on day one, um, which wasn't too surprising. And then people started playing watch posts in uh, Death Rattle Demon Hunter. And uh, I'm going to guess, this is a wild guess, this is not data-driven. But you know what I think, Hat? That that deck might be better if we just run the watch post and run good Demon Hunter cards and not run the Death Rattle package. But point is, Demon Hunter started running the the watch post package and it's actually looking a lot better now so there's a list i think i, I think no hands was running it and other players also uh iterated on it the latest uh demon hunter hotness is uh no death rattled yes post from paveling book oh yeah he's running he's running the neutral package he's running far watch yep. post Morshan watch post kazakas cargal correct sweet good good 
good good package. Just you know, just go to any class, pick those cards, autofill. You have a deck. You have a functional deck. Um, yeah. yeah so that's probably the, rest uh, the, the list that is, I was. And the rest of the deck is damage from hand is Aldraki Warblades and Warglaze of Asnoth and like Relentless Pursuits and Bladed Ladies and stuff. And and you have the Inquisitor, right? Yep, Inquisitor. And Inquisitor because... seems to be perceived to be strong enough, at least, that he's got Skull and Cargal and Inquisitor. Yeah. No, the reason is, there's only one reason, is because that thing is also off-board damage. You can play it yeah. and use your uh, Warglaves to hit face, and it hits face. So that's really good against Spell Mage. Basically, Spell Mage and the Watch Posts are turning every deck into um, focusing on off-board damage, because you can't play minions into Morshawn. And Spell Mage also has good removal, but it's very vulnerable to just being... Uh, bursted from hand. So every deck is just being warped into these these uh, iterations that just play no minions and have tons of off-board damage and everything is charged and whatever. Which is exactly what they were trying to avoid, I think. Um, yeah. But these are interesting decks, but yeah, it's curious to see what the format looks like as well after a couple nudges. But yeah, so if are, you want a good Demon Hunter deck, if you want a good Demon Hunter deck, I would like instinctively um, refer to Paveling Books uh, Twitter. Yeah, we don't have the data for this. Yeah, yeah, but I- I'm guessing it's probably better than the Death Rattle stuff that we're seeing. I think the Death Rattle stuff is getting carried by Watch Posts. That's it. <laughs> yeah, and it's if a deck is running the neutral packets, then Zach's going to sign off on it because it's probably worth doing right now. All right. Yeah, just neutral package, autofill, any class, functional. Maybe we do it in Hunter too. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Priest time. Miracle Priest is the high legend hotness. What's going on here? Has a very high skill cap. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Has a very high skill cap. Can you guess what comes next? High skill cap? Low win rate. Uh, I assumed you were just going to say the words high skill cap four more times next. That's what I assumed, but yes. No, but it's 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 the new high skill cap deck in the block. Uh, skill cap enormous, gargantuan, win rate very low. It also is really flashy. Like when you win a game with Miracle Priest, it feels super unfair. That's part of the charm. It's just like Celestial Druid, where when you lose to it, you just like, oh my god, I just got completely demolished. You know, they rally sometimes, and they they start buffing their stuff with zero-cost powered fortitudes, and generate a billion spells off of, like, Veilweaver, and they cast Gift of Luminous on it, and there's a Bloodweaver involved. So when they win, they get... Like, they completely destroy. The problem is, there's a card called Devolving Missiles. And Spellmate just laughs at that deck because of Devolving Missiles. He just devolve their Bloodweaver or the Veilweaver, and that's it. Doesn't matter how much it gets buffed. And they burst the opponent down. So, the deck uh, is, uh, again, high skill cap. Gargantuan skill cap, but not very good into Mage or Paladin. Uh, so, that's pretty... But again, like there's a chance that after nerfs, this deck could be real because it's actually decent against Rogue. But Watch Post Rogue, right? That sits around. Uh, I'm not sure about the like if they nerf Watch Post when we go back into playing a real Miracle deck, then what's going to happen? But Miracle Priest high skill cap. But there's also Control Priest that's also high skill cap. 
Uh, also, low win rate. Priest is not doing well right now. Uh, it's just... <laughs> I looked at the class win rates, and it's it appears to be one of the worst classes in the game right now. Yeah. Low win rate. Uh, because, um, yeah, the, these decks are just... I mean, when they win, like when I, I I've run into quite a bit of control Cthulhu, and you know they run Malagos with um, Draconic Study, so they cheat out the Malagos earlier. They draw their entire handful of cards, and they usually win at that point because they always have removal for whatever you're doing. Very frustrating to lose against, but again, it's it's just not a good deck. It just like Mage just burst them down with so much off board damage. Um, between fireballs and epics blasts and um, paladin pressures are out of the game, like just it's tough. But you know everything has a hope after balance changes. So I'm not gonna comment on the long term implication. I'm just gonna comment on what's happening right now. And that is priest is uh, not doing well. Yeah, don't get baited by number one legend decks on day two of the expansion. I mean they're fun to play. Just don't expect to win all that much. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Now, Shaman does seem to actually have options as long as they involve damage to the face. Yeah, so Shaman is kind of interesting. Um, Shaman is another um, class that we theorycrafted really well uh, because so so here's there are two decks that I want to highlight when it comes to Shaman. It's kind of weird. Two decks, like it's the class is barely getting played. But one is the Doomhammer Burn Shaman. Doomhammer, we've got a lot of burn, off-board damage. Guess what it does to mage? Just destroys mages, right? So that build that we have in the theorycrafting article is doing really well for a lot of players looking to counter mage. The problem is that that gets absolutely demolished by Pald. It's not even like you get absolutely demolished. Like you got no chance. You play, like the thing is, to counter spell mage, you need a lot of off-board damage. You need a lot of pressure. But those are the kind of things that Paladin thrives against, right? You're trying to burning me out? Hey, I have a Librum of Hope, right? So GG. Um, so that's becomes a problem where you're, you're trying to beat the most popular deck, but then you get demolished by the most busted deck. So Aggro Shaman, definitely, like the Doomhammer Burn Shaman, uh, definitely seems quite decent right now but when i say decent like it's far worse than the best classes right but it actually is functional the other deck that we also theorycrafted that looks quite good is the good stuff of jambresque shaman i actually played that deck and that is the one deck in the meta that's kind of good against both paladin and and mage, both of these classes, because you have enough pressure to kill the mage, and you have ways to leverage board into damage with uh, misrunner, and you also run one doom hammer, which also helps, and you also run whack a null hammer, which again is off board damage, it has buffs, but it's still six to the face, but it's also nice against paladin. It's it's pretty reasonable and, and decent against Paladin, where you have a fighting chance. So that deck is also functional. I just cut uh, Lightning Bloom from the Theorycrafted list to uh, for Guidance, just to have... It, it, both of them are Overload cards, but I feel like I run out of cards with that deck t- too much. Yeah, just a little guidance more Guidance kind of helps with that. 
yeah, just a little bit more juice and less focus on just tempoing out things. You don't have that much to tempo out. Miss Runner, you can tempo out, but it's kind of optimistic. And, and honestly, that card is that deck is limited by its resources rather than its tempo. So that deck is also kind of functional. But again, I'm, I might be clutching at straws a little. I mean, there's something here. The swing that you get from Zappy Boy into Landslide, you're able to compete against Paladin, and you're able to, to catch up against Watchpost pretty cleanly. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, um, you also just, like, you have Flame Imps. So they're just good enough. You just play Flame Imps, and you kill the mage with it. If they don't have Devolving on it, on them, then they have a problem. Even if they Devolve it, you have the Hammer to buff them, and you just keep pushing damage. So that can be... Uh, useful so shaman is okay i think it's actually one of the more okay classes and after nerfs i can see it doing well considering how well it's doing right now in this watch post meta weird warped watch post meta i've also seen like other shaman decks with like vactus and like other versions of good stuff shaman right what do you even basically uh, you, you're running Loot Hoarders and Bludgeoning Thalmos just to have a draw engine. I think Wire uh, had that deck, pioneered that deck. The deck is actually fine. Like, it's fine. It's, again, it's like, maybe maybe it's a tier 3 deck. Maybe it's like Graze's tier 2. Probably going to fall off to tier 3 once everybody runs the best uh, decks, right? But like I, I, the reason why I'm deliberating on it is because I can see it working after balance changes, right? So that's kind of what we're doing with other classes. What do they do after balance changes? Can they function? Yeah. And I think we need to hope for that for Warrior because this is the class where I tried to figure out what deck we're going to talk about. I guess Rush Warrior technically exists. Warrior seems kind of non-existent. Warrior's dead. So here's the problem with Warrior. You remember what cards we were nuts about? Uh, Outrider's Axe. If you read the text on the card, it draws when it kills a minion on the board. Here's a problem. Nobody's playing minions on the board, Hat. This meta is so weird that people are just not playing minions. So Outrider's Axe in this meta is actually just a 4-mana 3-3 weapon. It, it's just crazy, right? If in any other meta, Outrider's Axe would be absolutely insane. But we happen to be in a meta where nobody's playing minions because everybody's playing these stupid towers. And we can't kill any minions and draw a card with it. So that's a problem. Also, watch posts generally are annoying for Warrior to deal with. If you're playing an aggressive Warrior and you run into watch posts, yeah, you can rush into them, but you, you spend so many resources. It's again, like, it's aggro deck. It's the aggro rush Warrior is a minion-based aggro deck. It just has no chance in this meta. When you're running minion-based aggro, you just have no chance. So that's gone, right? And then you've got, like, other lists, like slower lists, whether it's, like, the tempo, patron, frenzy things, and the control warriors that are just, again, they're just, they can't get any value off of their stuff. Like, rush minions, okay, in general. You need to be able to rush into things. Otherwise, it's just an undersized minion, Right? Nobody's playing minions, so you can't rush into things, and you can't kill them with weapons and draw cards off of them. So what are you doing as a warrior class? You just can't function. So this is what we're seeing with warrior. It's just completely demolished by the current meta, where it just can't get value out of its cards. Neither its rush minions or its weapons function well in this meta. So it's just dumpster. 
It's actually a good explanation when you think about it. Also, from a logical perspective, it makes total sense why Warrior is struggling. And it gives you some hope that if we move away from this weird watch post spell mage broken paladin meta by the way paladin is also a problem right the fact that paladin is the most dominant class it generally counters warrior whatever it does it counters warrior so it's just nothing lines up well for warrior right now but again if you nerf paladin lower the power level of paladin and this mage deck goes away a little bit and people play minion based aggro decks again because they're watch posts aren't oppressive, let's say, then suddenly Warrior can get value out of its cards, can rush into things, get good trades, get tempo, play Outrider's Axe, draw three cards off of it. That will be different. But right now, this is not the case. Warrior dead. I'm just, I'm just reeling after the past year. Just Warrior not being a thing. I looked up the stats uh, on Off Curve for the first qualifier of the season. Warrior was in one point seven percent of lineups. It's just not. It's just not. It cannot function. None of yeah. its mechanics work well in this meta because its mechanics require the opponent to have stuff on the board for you to rush into or hit them with weapons. When that doesn't work, then what are you doing, right? If Rokara cannot attack, she's a three mana two three. What are you doing with her? Nothing. She can't hit anything. So what is she buffing? Nothing. Right? Like, none none of what Warrior has works well in this meta. This is why it's utter dumpster. And this is also why I kind of think that if balance changes actually happen, it actually has a chance, no matter how dead it looks right now. Right? No matter how dead it looks right now, if there are significant balance changes that address a lot of the things that are kind of warped right now, then it has a chance to come back. I don't think that Warrior is inherently a bad class. It's just that the current situation, this meta is so weird that it just everything just goes against it at the moment. Yeah, just poorly aligned. Yeah, poorly aligned. Very poorly aligned. And finally, we've got Hunter. Uh, and Hunter has been... The, the Hunter decks were kind of... The class looked at on day one, and now it's starting to pick up some steam and get a little bit of life. But it is just go as low to the ground as you can and put in a bunch of burn. Yeah, so Hunter is just a natural... What's happening with Hunter is just a natural progression of this meta and why everything is becoming this uninteractive off-board stuff, right? So Hunter, day one, try to play a board game, right? Hunter likes the board. It tries to blow, put minions on the board, maybe buff them a little bit, get some value, get some stuff, put pressure after taking control of the board. That doesn't work into watch posts. That never works into watch posts. It's, it's like Zoo in that matter, where it's just completely demolished by watch posts, and Hunter doesn't have good removal, that it can ever, like, Hunter struggles killing three health things on turn two and four health things on turn three. What is it going to do against Watch Post? It's got absolutely no chance. It just gets, like, completely demolished by these things. So, those are the early iterations, right? You play a board game, no chance. So, now we're starting to see these new iterations. Donkey, uh, I think, started, yeah. started it with his Hunter. He really likes uh, the class, and he figured out a way to um, build it to do well in this meta, mostly beat Spellmage, by running like a face hunter deck. Other iterations since other players iterated on that list and improved it, changed some cards. Uh, but basically what that deck does is, again, hard counter, just like that poison weapon rogue, right? 
hard counter mage, uh, as hard as possible, just go face as hard as you can and make their removal irrelevant. And also it helps you against watch posts because you don't even run a bunch of minions, like a lot of minions. You just go off board, hit them in the face. You even run pen flingers in that hunter deck. Like everything is just off board, damage, 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 uh, uh, quick shots, uh, piercing shots. Like do whatever you can to just get the damage on the face because you're never fighting the board against watch posts. And that's how you counter spell. And Paladin, you try to hire all of them because you're not beating Paladin. Um, yeah. yeah. The quote from Rami is, Tame Beast doesn't go face, so it doesn't belong in this deck. Yeah, that's true. Like, you always want to hit face with this deck. And even uh, you run Trampling Rhino, which is a rush minion, but the point is to deal face damage. You also run Piercing Shot. Again, it's removal, but it's mostly for the face damage. I actually queued into Donkey, and I lost... I lost to him as a spell mage because he hit piercing shot on his 1-1 to deal 5 to my face. We actually said that in the card preview article, that you can just hit your own 1-1 to deal 5 to the face. That's what makes that card so good, so flexible uh, in terms of being a good burn card or also being flexible removal. So that deck is, is working because it just counters mage, but I think mage is overhyped and Next week, people are going to realize how busted Paladin is, and everybody's going to run just more Paladin. And there's no good answer to Paladin at the moment. And again, we, we're talking about early days, right? There's a chance, like, people will adjust, and Paladin's win will drop. It will. Especially the aggressive builds. Those are beatable. But Librum Secret <laughs> looks unbeatable. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the hell you do against that deck. So. The final wrap of this early look, and we, we definitely are excited to see where the meta develops, but we're also anticipating a nerf change because that's just how they've treated every expansion so far. And there are some outliers in, in this current meta that we see in the stats that they definitely see in the stats. They just need a nudge. So the question I have for you is what and when? Go ahead and make your bold prediction. You've already said on Twitter what you'd like. Sword of the Fallen, durability to two. Deck of Lunacy to four mana delete it. Watch post three, three, four, four, and five, five. Penflinger only minions. Is that your total list of nerfs that you expect? I think the first three cards are one hundred percent getting nerfed because well, the first, so the first four cards, I guess, because the watch posts or the first five, just the watch posts in general, we'll see an adjustment. Yeah, I think I think one hundred percent the watch posts are getting nerfed. I'm hoping that they understand that Morshan also needs to be nerfed if they want minion combat and Hearthstone to matter. If they want early game minion combat, they need to nerf that as well. And not just Firewatch posts. I hope that they're not distracted by Firewatch posts that they forget about Morshan and why that card is oppressive in this meta, even though people don't feel it feel it as much. The other thing, Sword of the Fallen is 100% getting nerfed. Probably the nerf that I suggested is the one that makes most sense. Because if you nerf it to 3 mana, it becomes awkward with Commander. It just disrupts the whole package. You don't want to do that. You just need to lower the power level a little bit of Sword of the Fallen. Deck of Lunacy, if we know anything about what their philosophy is, that card is getting nerfed. Whether it's 3 or 4, whether they do that, I don't know. I'm hoping they do 4, because I want to make sure that card is dead. But, um, yeah, those cards are getting there. Penflinger, I don't know. Penflinger is a little bit more subtle. Penflinger is a situation where you have multiple classes that choose to run, like, 
Hunter has started to play, that choose to play Penflinger over their own class synergistic card because that little thing deals more damage than anything that they can present. When 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 Paladin is choosing Penflinger over Librum of Judgment, when Rogue is put, choosing Penflinger in all of its archetypes over uh, um, like synergistic things like threats like uh, Ticketmaster, right? In a deck with field contact, that tells you all you need to know. And I do think that Flinger is kind of over the top now with um, field contact. And that combination field contact is pretty is disgusting. That, yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of gross. It's honestly not that like ridiculous on a power level perspective. And field contact is surprisingly okay as a card. It's just that I think that Rogue needs to actually think about spending resources in order to activate it, rather than that have this infinite chain of pen flingers that never has to worry about activators for field contact. So that's that's what I see that that. Penflinger is just becoming generically too good. And honestly, I wouldn't mind Penflinger being a card if it didn't deal 10 face damage, right? Yeah. Like, if you use it for board control, if you use it for board control, it's like inefficient, uh, slightly inefficient removal. But if you use it as just face damage, where the rogue can just draw five, six cards while hitting your face with a fireball, I think that's kind of a problem. Also, you need to make paladins actually think about their finishing potential, right? Because right now they have very high power level cards, but it's almost like they don't need to worry about their finish. But oh, I'm gonna get like whatever damage I need. I'm gonna get it with a pen flicker. I need ten more damage, no problem. Two pen flingers just takes care of it. So I think the card has become generically too good as just a face damage card. And also, I think it's uh, enhanced by the fact that spell mage is powerful, right? So off board damage is extremely valuable. And that's why people are just running Penflinger because they're just trying to find any offboard. The card is inherently uninteractive, right? Because you have no way to prevent it from from hitting you in the face over and over. Yeah. So I think it's probably time. And this is coming from someone who actually I actually like Penflinger as a card, and I didn't want it to be nerfed, but now is probably the time. It needs something. It's been very visible. The play pattern is very repetitive. I would prefer to move to two mana, but. I thought about it earlier, but then I thought if you make it just deal damage to minions, then some decks will still consider it, but it's just not going to be like this multi-purpose card where it does everything for you, right? Draws cards for you, removes minions on the board for you, also deals phase damage for you. I think that's a little bit too versatile. Yeah, it's it's time for a change to Penflinger for sure. Uh, what do you think about Janda's Bearoff? Is it time for her to go to six? No, I think Genesis is fine where she is. She's obviously powerful, but I don't. I think that, like, if you nerf Penflinger and Rogue is more about the board rather than deal 10, 15 to face, then I think it's okay to have Genesis. Like, keep, board, keep Rogue's ability to put threats on the board, but take away some of their reach because they already have good reach with Wicked Stab. They can deal 12 to face in the late game on turn 10. But when you weave in the Wicked Stabs with the Penflinger, it just becomes too much. You're like, like you can be at 20 life and you're not safe. Uh, so that, that's kind of a problem. But if you're playing Jandis and Kazaka summons things, golems, and maybe you run Ticketmasters uh, after a Penflinger in order to have more threats, you're still weak to removal. Like, you're vulnerable to removal. So... 
I think that's a good direction. Um, so I would keep Janus as it is, even though it's a powerful card. But I think it's okay in terms of has a weakness, right? It's good board, but if you don't control the board and you're facing a lot of removal, it's not going to be as effective. All right, I buy that. It's and also like they don't, they can always just do another round of nerfs. They need to, but at least just hit the cards that we know about, and we don't have to go super crazy. Really, those upon. are the cards that I would I would put at the highest priority to nerf down now and then see what happens. I think other nerfs are like, yeah, this card's good, but is it necessary? for a healthy meta to occur to nerf this card. The cards that I suggested are all cards that need to be nerfed for this meta to be healthy. 100% Sword, Lunacy, and Watch Post have to be addressed if yep. we want a more diverse meta. Like, And as I said, Morshan Watch Post is just as big of a problem. It's just a little bit invisible because it made all the decks that struggle against it disappear. That's a problem. As long as that card has 5 health, you're not going to see minion base aggro. And you're going to ask, why is Zuna ever coming back? Why is Hunter only face? Right? Why? That's because of Morshan watch posts. And that card will not show up in the stats the right way because the decks that aren't yes. seeing play are the problems. And that's why I keep banging about it. Because I'm scared that they'll that people will not understand that that card is as oppressive. Because it's not as flashy right now or performs as pow- like as powerful as Farwatch posts in the current meta, but I think it's just as important to nerf that card as it is to nerf uh, Farwatch posts. That's why I keep banging about it, because not a lot of people are saying it. I think I'm the only one who's going to say it. But just like with Decalunacy, people will realize it eventually. Yeah. Well, I think the watch posts are, are powerful, cheap neutrals uh, that define the format early on are a bit more visible. I think people are at least aware of Morshan. And if you ask, by the way, any arena player, they will tell you what they think about that card at length uh, because it has completely destroyed that format. Probably the best arena card ever printed. Yeah, because uh, every arena deck is minion-based combat. Uh, it's just, and you, you can't just build a burn deck in arena. So I would expect that card to be utter busted in the arena. But that's not the reason why you nerf it, right? The reason no. why you nerf it for Constructed is because it's abs- absolutely obliterated every minion-based uh, aggro or mid-range deck in the field. There is none. There is none. That's that's weird, right? It's weird. That's very weird. That's not, doesn't, does, doesn't feel like Hearthstone. So, yeah. Well, that's where we're going to wind down here. This has been the early look. We will have another podcast next week. We should have a report next week. So just be aware of that, that we'll be, uh, we'll be dialing into more specific analysis uh, in a week. But this is what we found so far. So thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everyone that supports the show through Vision Syndicate Gold and Patreon. Uh, you can look forward to the, ne- to the next report on Thursday the 8th. And big thanks to Steven Sensei for intro and outro. Hey, we'll talk to you soon. The Data Reaper Podcast is an official production of Vicious Syndicate. Don't forget to sign up and contribute your game data to improve the quality of the weekly Data Reaper report. Instructions are available on our website, along with lots of other weekly content at viciousyndicate.com. Thank you to all of our patrons and data contributors for proving their strength in numbers.